Hi, I'm Connie, and this is From Chaos to Peace with Connie, episode number 69, Gut Health, the Key to Overall Well-Being with Dr. Lara May. Welcome back, everyone. How are you doing? This is episode number 69 of the From Chaos to Peace podcast, where you learn how a few minutes a day keeps the chaos away. Thank you so much for allowing me back into your ears. Please, please, please subscribe to my podcast so you never miss an episode and share it with your family and friends. Because if you find value in what I'm sharing with you, they will too. And then, if you love my podcast, you can help me by going to Apple Podcasts and write a review. And for those of you who have no idea how to write a review, I have step-by-step instructions on the show notes and on my website. (laughs) And let me quickly explain something. Somehow, Apple Podcasts has country-specific pages for each podcast. So right now, I have 15 five-star ratings and 11 reviews on the U.S. side of Apple Podcasts from my podcast. And I only have one five-star rating and one review on the Australian Apple Podcast site. (laughs) Here in Canada, on the other hand, I actually have only one four-star rating, no review. (laughs) But I would actually love to have a review here in Canada, too. So if you are living in Canada and you're listening to my podcast, please, please, please consider writing a review. You would make me very happy. (laughs) And then last week was very exciting because I was ranking in two podcast categories in Switzerland, even though I have no rating or reviews there on that Apple podcast page yet. So again, if you are in my home country, Switzerland, and you listen to my podcast, please consider leaving a review. This keeps me motivated and it also helps that more people find this podcast and can move from chaos to peace in their life and business. Okay, enough about that, because I want to tell you about my guest I have today. I'm very excited to welcome Dr. Lara May to the show today. Dr. Lara's passion has grown from Band-Aid medicine, how she calls it, into empowering women to truly heal themselves on the physical, mental, and spiritual level. And today, we're talking about gut health. And you might be wondering, what has gut health to do with decluttering? Well, first of all, we will hear what foods Dr. Lara suggests we declutter out of our diet in order to have a healthy gut. But also, science has made big discoveries that the gut is actually way more connected to our brain than they originally thought. And depending on how healthy your gut is, has a big impact on our overall well-being. And as we have discussed before, a cluttered environment can lead to stress and stress can lead to bad eating habits and vice versa. I say decluttering is self-love and making sure we put the right nutrition into our body and declutter and detox and let go of the foods that make us sick is also self-love. As you can see, I always find a connection to decluttering. (laughs) Joking aside, when you think about it, our digestive system is basically decluttering out of our body what we don't need. 
after we ate. So it definitely has a relation to decluttering. <laughs> Anyways, without further ado, let's jump into this conversation with Dr. Lara May and how gut health is the key to overall well-being. Welcome, Lara. I'm so excited that you're a guest on my podcast. How are you today? I'm well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited too, because we want to talk about gut health. But before we do that, I would love to hear a little bit more about your adventures from earlier this month. You were snow chasing or what was that? Yes. Yeah. So every March for my birthday, my birthday is in the middle of March, um, but every year I try to set aside some time so my husband and I can chase snow together. That is what we are passionate about. And so this year, because of pandemic travel restrictions, we just chase snow around the Northwest. We're in Northern California. Out, uh, we're based in Lake Tahoe. And so we drove to Alpine, Wyoming, which we love dearly. And then we checked out a new place this year in McCall, Idaho, which is a big snowmobilers destination. Oh. And then we ended up back in Shasta Mountain, which, and so you and I spoke to each other when we were in between, in between yeah. destinations. So yeah, but following the snow. Well, that's awesome. I just thought I wanted to start with that because that sounded fun. And when, when we oh, were it's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we need all some fun, especially now during the pandemic, right? So yes, yes. It's really hard. <laughs> so we have to yeah. find the fun where we can. Absolutely. And we are definitely year round fun chasers. <laughs> um, and so for us, the snow is fun in the winter. And then uh, the summer is variable, like you could find us doing who knows what, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, but so we're talking health and I mean, fun is for sure good for health and some exercise outdoors is also good for health, but we want to talk about gut health today, because I think that's something you focus on quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So tell me why is gut health key for over like overall well-being like i heard it before but now i have the expert <laughs> yes so really i mean if you think about the human body our gut is in the middle and that's what i've started to really think about gut health in general because it is really connected to so much of our brain well-being, our cardiovascular well-being, our, you know, if your if your gut is inflamed and not functioning correctly, then you're not going to feel good. Or maybe you're going to feel like you're attached to the toilet and you can't leave your house. Or, you know, or maybe you have another issue where, you know, things just aren't moving and you, so you feel sluggish. But also when we have a leaky gut, then a lot of what we're eating is not getting digested properly. And those toxins are actually leaking in to our bloodstream, causing inflammation all over our body. And yeah. so that's why I consider the gut health, like the key to overall, like if you can really get that flowing and happy and, and in balance, then that can really resolve so many issues that might seem connected to other organ systems in the body, but a lot of it comes back to your gut. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I've, I, I, mean, I feel like we all know this somehow, because like we often say, oh, this this turns my gut or when we're like, when something 
terrible happens or for me like when I'm getting stressed or so I feel it right away in my gut um, some people when when they're dealing with grief or other um, very um, heavy emotions they may start eating I'm the opposite I stop eating so and yeah. I feel like that's connected probably also some message from the gut that tells me um, we don't want anything we're too busy with other other crazy stuff and other people their gut says oh we need some comfort send down some chocolate or whatever yeah yeah I mean there's so much I like for a good a couple of examples from my own personal experience I grew up as one of those kids that I could um, get myself into such a nervous state that I would be nauseous or like you said, like I couldn't eat or, you know, so just the emotions can really put our gut in a state of turmoil. So there's that gut, that gut brain connection. But then also too, I also grew up with chronic allergies and sinus infections. And then I would be in that cycle of seasonal antibiotic regimens because, you know, mm -hmm. my allergies would be so inflamed and get infected. And that also comes back to the gut. And I didn't realize it at the time. And my parents didn't know at the time, but yeah. now we know that, you know, if your inner system is inflamed, which mine was by not only what I was eating that I didn't realize that I was sensitive to, but also I was living, I'm from East Tennessee originally, and as beautiful as that place is, it is a paradise for all sorts of types of pollen. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. my system would just be like, bah, on high <laughs> alert. And, and, you know, and, and I wasn't helping myself by the lifestyle choices. So I was overall a healthy kid, quote unquote, and I'm using air quotes mm -hmm. because I was an athlete. And so, you know, I was always moving and in shape and blah, blah, blah. But my system was very inflamed for a very long period of time. Yeah. And, um, and then we never even, you know, put those two things together. It was yeah. only later down the line when I started eliminating foods from my diet to see if I could start feeling better that I really did start to hone in on, oh, I didn't realize that all of this dairy was really not helping me mm -hmm. <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah. And, and I feel like a lot of people don't know that. And, and, and I heard that about the dairy too. So now I'm not so sensitive for it, but uh, my ex-husband was, and he, he had already inflammation in his body and he could feel it right away flaring up more when he ate cheese or when he, he loved drinking milk and, and he would feel it. And it's um, oftentimes we don't know or there's still some people like I don't think the milk industry loves it very much when we say the the dairy is not good. So yeah, um, yeah. And and then I wanted to ask you something else before I forget because I saw some article and I'm not looking specifically for health things, but for more like for decluttering and somehow oh because I was searching brain functions and everything and I read mm -hmm. somewhere that they figured out now that the stomach or the gut is way more connected with the brain than they ever thought before yes. and they were even saying that it's almost like the 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 gut is sometimes in I forgot but in control like it almost gives directions to the brain instead of yeah. what they always thought the other way around which is also very fascinating no yeah so they're now starting to call the gut the second brain yeah and it's because so many of our neurotransmitters and our hormones are actually made in our GI tract and then they're transported to our brain 
And so serotonin, melatonin, um, all of these things that are so instrumental in how we feel. Mm-hmm. If again, if our gut is too permeable, meaning, so we have these junctions that make up our lining. And if because of the inflammation, they're sort of stretched out and the thing and little microbes and little chemicals and toxins get through, then not only does that get to the brain when it's not supposed to, and can interrupt our natural brain chemistry, but then also, you know, our hormones are also made in the gut and then they travel either to our, you know, sex organs in the lower half of our body or up to the brain or, you know, so all of these different things are so interconnected and we're just now starting to figure that out. And in the science realm of Mm -hmm. all the little, um, synchronicities and, and idiosyncrasies about it and how it's so tightly wound together. Yeah, it's amazing. And and again, I feel like th- like our ancestors, they probably kind of knew because there is like, especially in Switzerland, also there's a lot of sayings around the gut when you're not feeling good and whatever, but then science couldn't prove it. So it was called, oh, well, that's just hearsay or that's just old, old, how you call it in English? The old wives tales. tales. Yes. <laughs> and all this. And now science, like with so many other things also is coming to the conclusion that, oh, maybe these ancestors weren't that stupid. They kind of knew something already. Right. It's, it's almost like how metaphysics is, you know, this big spiritual realm, but now our, our actual physics scientists, our astrophysicians and all of these, you know, people that study how the universe works, they are now able to prove so much of what metaphysically we've known for ages. Yeah, I, I find that so fascinating. It's starting to merge. It's it's literally so fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what else would you other than dairy would you suggest we declutter from our <laughs> I love that our, our food intake? <laughs> Uh, well, I always say it's a good idea to give your body a break from gluten just to see. Mm-hmm. And again, just like you said, you're not that sensitive to dairy. You don't, you don't have a problem with it. Not everyone has a problem with gluten either. However, and there's, you know, books written about this that people can reference um, about how our, especially the U.S. food industry specifically, and their relationship with big food, namely brands like Monsanto, which is now owned by Bayer, which is a, a big German pharmaceutical yeah. and chemical company. And it's uh, not and, called Monsanto anymore, as far as I remember. No, when Bayer bought it, they rechanged, they, yeah. they rebranded and exactly because Monsanto sounds like the devil to a lot of people so they just renamed it so it's yes well and because they've they've meddled so much in the farming industry in the U.S. and and really you know you know like Mesopotamia used to be considered the breadbasket of the world and now there's this area of the U.S. that transports their grains all over the place all over the world. And so we really are a global economy now for better or for worse. Mm -hmm. And so what, you know, what decisions are made in the US and with the FDA and the US government in terms of our health is translated throughout the world. And so that dynamic and how it's changed the genetic makeup of the grains that are used in bread has really changed how our body relates to it as well. 
And in some places and in some bodies, our bodies see it as foreign and it mounts an immune response. So, you know, along the spectrum, there is celiac disease, but then there's a whole range of sensitivity that is not celiac, but is still inflammatory. And so I think people need to be open-minded and curious enough to take it away for, let's say like 21 to 30 days and eliminate it and then reintroduce it and Mm -hmm. see what changes within that time. Mm -hmm. And if you reintroduce and you feel some sort of, you know, either if it's GI discomfort or even brain fog or whatever it is, then that's a, you know, a really big hint that you could be sensitive Mm -hmm. and maybe you don't need to eliminate it forever and altogether, but definitely cut down and maybe just have less to allow your body to be, to recuperate and heal. Yeah, or maybe even switch to to organic and see how that changes. Because I know, for for example, somebody who is celiac, I mean, he couldn't eat or not even look at bread. And he said he was once a visitor at some farmer who grew organically his own grain and milled it himself and then baked the bread himself. And he said, I could eat that piece of bread and I had no reaction. So yes, it could also be that's that's kind of my theory. And I'm absolute <laughs> not an expert. Just, but I'm thinking sometimes maybe it has also to do with, like we just mentioned with Monsanto with the chemicals mm-hmm. and the chemical mix or however that genetically got modified. Um, which is a complete different story <laughs> and <laughs> how our body reacts to that. And some bodies may react really badly to that. And, and we, it, yeah, so, but yeah, that's a good thing. So dairy and gluten. Yes. And oftentimes also something that people say should be decluttered from the. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, sugar is, I mean, and then again, I just feel like the relationship that we've built with sugar in the U S is so over the top, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like we take everything that could be okay in tiny amounts and in moderation, and we just blow it over the top and, you know, and it creates this really unhealthy relationship. And, um, I'll just say that sugar is really injurious to our brains and our liver. And if, and fatty liver disease has been, has become, Almost, I wouldn't say it's quite there yet, but it's reaching that almost that level of of epidemic proportions in the U.S. with middle aged to younger females that you know don't have an issue with alcohol and are would otherwise be considered healthy, but then they go in and they have these lab tests and their liver is inflamed. Mm-hmm. It's like, what is going on? Why are we seeing this? Mm-hmm. And that is their finding is a combination of the relationship with sugar and the liver, and then also the um, hormone imbalances. And then this, this um, overuse of birth control that we have and the mm-hmm. type of birth control that we use. And, and we don't consider birth control hormone replacement therapy. Like mm-hmm. we can, cons- you know, like, you know, premenopausal, postmenopausal, menopausal mm-hmm. women have are, you know, known to get hormone replacement therapy, but really birth control is hormone replacement therapy. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be seen as that. And also examines like how that affects the ecosystem within a, a woman's body as well. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and to the sugar, again, I know somebody who doesn't drink alcohol at all, and they had to go to a doctor's checkup, and the doctor told him, oh, your liver uh, values, or whatever you call that, they're really, really bad, you have to stop drinking alcohol, stop drinking, and, and that person said, I'm, I'm not even drinking alcohol, yeah. and it turned out it was he had a high 
um, intake of, uh, um, well, I say it, Coca-Cola. So it was a sugar. Yeah, sure. High fructose corn syrup. Yeah. He drank a lot of that per day. And it turned out that this created liver values that looked like he was an alcoholic. Yes. It was crazy. It is crazy. And a lot of, and you know, again, and I say this, I love Western medicine for when you have something broken or you need something cut, cut on or cut out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's really good for that. But when it comes to prevention and then, or healing a chronic disease, it's just not where it shines. Yeah. And and, you know, I've heard plenty of physicians say, oh, your liver enzymes are elevated. So now you need to eat a low fat diet too. Mm-hmm. Well, what does low fat diet mean to most people? Oh, then that means I'm going to like load up on the carbs. Cause if I've cut out the fat, then what else am I going to eat? Yeah. And that also is not the recipe for healing and helping mm-hmm. your liver. Mm-hmm. And so we really need to get honest with, yeah. you know, the industry and our practitioners about the impact of sugar and how detrimental it is to our bodies. And um, because our body doesn't need that much sugar either. And that's why the liver is, you know, becomes inflamed because it doesn't know what to do with that yeah. much. Like it can only yeah. process so much and that's its job is to yeah. process all the toxins and all of our sugar for our body. And it divvies up and it, you know, has its little homes but then after it reaches a threshold, it's like, ah, oh, what do I do with all the rest of this? Mm. <laughs> Help. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's so amazing that the body still functions. I mean, if we put the wrong oh, thing yeah. into our car, it doesn't drive anymore. If we put the wrong thing into our body, it still functions somehow. Nobody knows yes. why and how, but it still functions. It's amazing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I wanted to circle back to something you alluded to um, when you said your friend with CELAC, you know, founds the one farmer that made, that grew the, his own grain and milled it and, you know, all that. And, and he could eat that. And I will say it's the same for me. When I travel to Italy, I can have uh, pasta and it won't, you know, tear my stomach up and, and make mm-hmm. me feel all brain foggy the next day. Mm-hmm. And so there is definitely something to be said for those. Um, there is a, a term called the heritage breed. Uh, mm-hmm. And that can be for animal um, varieties as well as plant varieties. And it's those, what now we consider those breeds of plants or animals that were cultivated for human consumption, but that haven't been adulterated Mm. by, you know, big companies and, and they haven't been genetically modified and all of, and they haven't been influenced by chemicals and pesticides and all those things. So, yeah. 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 uh, So, because I'm from Europe, I eat a lot of, um, or I, pay attention to that things and uh, Italian pasta is often just one ingredient semolina flour mm-hmm. and I get it here in Canada I always make sure so if you look at something that is produced here in North America you turn around pasta it has ingredients list like no tomorrow with all kinds of weird stuff that you think what yeah. the heck is that even and if you buy something that says made in Italy it you turn it around pasta it says semolina flour that's all that is in there nothing else and um, and in Europe, also, the, the laws for GMO are much stricter. So the, mm-hmm. the chance that you get non-GMO grains or non-GMO corn and all that is much higher. Yeah. So how do we go from this chaos into more peace with our food? I mean, uh, where, what would be a good place? So um, some people are really... Um, 
uh, they don't want to stop eating gluten. They may not want to stop eating mm-hmm. or, or consuming dairy because they love it too much. What else or, or wh- where would be a good, good spot? I mean, the best would be you would start there, like you said earlier. But is there another way, like a, lo- a softer way, especially if you didn't have if you don't have symptoms and you feel like you. Yeah, if you're one of these lucky people out there that I would love to celebrate you that you feel fairly healthy and great on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. then I would just say like, eat the rainbow, you know, make sure Mm -hmm. that your vegetables and your produce and your fruits are coming again from good sources. If you can buy local from a co-op or a CSA or, or even your straight from your local farmer, do that, you know, definitely support the local um, economy. And so again, eat the rainbow, buy non-GMO for sure. Make sure you're reading labels for that. If you can organic, because that means less chemicals in the food and in your body. So that automatically means less inflammation right off the bat. And then Mm. when it comes to meats, you know, if you choose to eat meat, Great. I have no problem with that. Um, Again, but go for a a healthy raised animal. And so whether that means for you doing mail order from something like ButcherBox or, you know, or there's some other, you know, um, online groceries now that I think... um, Oh, now I'm drawing a blank now that I try to think of it. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I'll come back to that. But anyway, there's more than just butcher box out there, yeah. but that one was the first one that came off the top of my head. But then also too, if you go to the grocery store, it's probably going to be more expensive at your, at your normal grocery store, but buy organic grass fed beef, mm. um, pasture raised chickens. Um, and because it is important, like what your aunt, what the animal is fed is going to be consumed by you as well by eating that animal. And if you're going to choose to be vegan or vegetarian, again, just make sure that you're not overdoing it on the processed foods, that you're Mm -hmm. still eating as much raw, lightly cooked, Mm -hmm. you know, really good um, sourced food. That's the key to to eating, regardless of your style or what you like or don't like. It's just make sure it's coming from a good source and that it's clean. And that's what, when I say, I use the term clean eating a lot. Mm -hmm. And that's what I mean by that is that it is, you know, non-GMO from a good source and it's not going to contribute to inflammation in your body. Yeah. And I often surprised how little certain people are uh, concerned with what they're putting their body. Um, Like, like you just said, like with the animals too, I also feel like when the animal has a lot of stress or, or, or like if they, if it grows up in a feedlot and then end up in, in the slaughterhouse, it's a lot of stress and that mm-hmm. stress ends up in you somehow. I mean, the mm-hmm. Indians knew that. And we were just talking about um, how all this old wisdom is starting to be proven by sci- science and they can prove now too that um, whatever goes into your body has an effect, not just like nutritionally or anything but also energetically and um they even linked some depression to meaty (laughs) i can't talk to eating meat of of like uh farm animals um because they had a lot of stress and that ends up in our body so it's it like they're nowhere near real um proven results yet but they can link it apparently already so 
yeah there's yeah uh, oh, I just want to say too that you know for in because I still practice in the western medicine field as well you know now mm-hmm. I am a functional medicine specialist and I practice energetic medicine but I I still work in the western medicine field and so I, I would like to say that all of the science that we've done in western medicine so far that we use in our uh, treatment algorithms of things like high cholesterol, heart disease, high blood pressure, and diabetes. Let's just say those are the the big, the main ones. Uh, mm-hmm. Those were all done with um, factory farmed raised animals in mind. So mm-hmm. they didn't really look at what happens to our bodies if we were only eating mm-hmm. um, meat that we harvested ourselves, meaning that we hunted and harvested, or if it was a, you know, happily raised cow on a Mm -hmm. happy farm in the pasture eating, you know, only grass and, you know, all of these things. And so Mm -hmm. again, Western medicine has good intentions, Mm -hmm. but some of the things that those recommendations that come out of that direction aren't necessarily, um, big picture, uh, focused or, you know, sourced either. And so I would just tell people to keep that in mind that if they hear these conflicting recommendations, like I'm saying it's fine to eat meat from cows, red meat from cows that are raised in a healthy way. And then they might hear from their doctor over here. No, don't eat any red meat. It'll cause you to have heart disease. Blow. And just like you said, it's, it's based on how the animal was raised. Mm-hmm. And they have found that those, those cows that were raised you know, in the pasture, not crowded, not flooded with antibiotics growing up. And, you know, depending on what they were fed, they actually have higher levels of the good omegas, the healthy fats, and that meat can actually be Mm -hmm. anti-inflammatory. And so that's a huge difference, you know, if you think about those two animals and the medical recommendations that come based on eating the two different types of those same animals. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of, um, it's a lot of chaos out there. I also feel like all of the recommendations, they change too. Like I remember when I grew up, it was said, oh, you should eat chicken. Chicken is so much healthier, <laughs> chicken is so much healthier than, um, than beef. And, and then, mm-hmm. then they switch again and it's just lots of chaos. And um, yeah, so do you see g- coming to an end here, especially since the dog is barking like <laughs> do you see any relation between eating I don't want to say wrong but maybe not mindful with um, stress well you kind of mentioned it already with stress levels also emotional stress levels that then maybe have so I always say like if you if your environment is stressful because it's cluttered then you may not you may less likely eat healthy and then because you don't eat healthy then you don't feel good then you're less likely to actually mm-hmm. go exercise or go do declutter or go clean your house or anything do you see that in your practice too or is that just my <laughs> wishful oh, no. thinking I, let's say like that <laughs> no I definitely think there's a link there uh because our environment does influence how we feel Mm -hmm. and how we feel those emotions. They're all natural emotions and we should all be, you know, fine with feeling them, but feeling them is different than living in a certain emotional state. Right. And so if you're living in a stressful state, then all of that is, you know, it's, 
it's the increasing the stress is increasing the inflammation and increasing inflammation is increasing damage in your body mm-hmm. and that's what causes us to age faster to to manifest these chronic diseases that then you know we just get given medication after medication after medication and they never really get better if we go mm-hmm. down that road right yeah. and so really it's about stress management so absolutely yeah. and so whatever yeah. that means for you if it's getting outside you know, enjoying some music, enjoying your pets. Um, (laughs) Even when they bark. (laughs) Even when they're barking. I have two hound dogs, so I definitely know what that's all about. (laughs) Um, Yes, yes. And then because you're feeling better, you'll be more motivated to declutter your house, your life, et cetera. Yeah. And I just feel like um, clutter creates a lot of stress. And I just know for myself that when I'm stressed, not necessarily because of clutter, but for whatever reason, it really hits my gut right away. So um, it's, it, it, I feel the direct link to it totally. Yeah. So um, I think we should come to an end, even though we probably could talk for for hours (laughs) about this. Um, (laughs) Are there any last words you would say um, or any last wisdom? Did I not ask something that you wanted to um, talk about or? I would just say, we talked about it a little, but just, you know, reiterate, eat the rainbow, make Mm -hmm. sure that if you're going to eat meat, it's coming from a good place and, you know, move your body as much as you can in a way that let you enjoy Mm -hmm. because, you know, exercise and our bodies were not meant to stay still. And so, you know, our health is multifaceted. It's not just a single dimension um, about, you know, food is important, but it's not the only thing. And so I would say those are probably the two most important things is movement and food in terms of foundation, mm-hmm. uh, because that can just in and of themselves help us alleviate stress and inflammation and feel better. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that in 2021, we have to talk about such fundamentals, <laughs> which you would think would be normal that we kind of understand that what we put in our body is kind of important and that we probably should move and not just sit around because we're not made to sit around but here we are yeah yeah (laughs) where can people find you if they wanted to check you out what are you helping people all with brag a little bit about your business and where people can find you (laughs) Uh, my website is drlaramay.com that's d-r-l-a-r-a-m-a-y.com and that is also my social media handle. So you can find me um, at Dr. Lara May on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Those are the main places that I hang out on social media. And I, again, I help people multidimensionally. So again, with functional medicine, food as medicine, but then I also am super passionate about tuning in with our body with meditation and mindfulness and even energetic work and Reiki. And so I help my patients create spiritual practices, figure out what that means to them and help them build a life that is happy, full and sustainable and balanced Mm -hmm. and that they can take forward and it's lasting for them. And so that's what I'm super passionate about. Yeah, awesome. So, and are you only doing this in Lake Tahoe or are you also like, can they 
come to a virtual consultation maybe or something? Yes. Yes. So I actually work with people all over the world um, okay. because I'm, you know, remote. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so this is one of the good things that came out of COVID is that, yeah. I, you know, that I really started focusing on reaching as many people as possible in all corners of the planet. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so I, I'm a zoomer. <laughs> a zoomer. <laughs> a <Me> zoomer. <laughs> And, and I know like here in BC, we have even the doctors now that you have phone consultations with your doctor now mm -hmm. and, and all that. It becomes more and more mainstream, so so to speak. So we, we have a, as consumers, we have a wider range of who we want to um, hire or, or who what doctor we want to work with. So I feel like that is some of the good things that come out of this pandemic, know that it's more acceptable now to... Um, not just go to your local doctor into your doctor's office, but you can, you have more options now, which is really good. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I also, I don't think a lot of people realize too, that uh, you can have lab work done that is not necessarily ordered by your primary care physician. Awesome. And so there are so many resources now where mm -hmm. you're working with a practitioner like myself, that I am a clinical pharmacist and I am licensed and board certified. And so I can order lab work. And then I am also a practitioner with all of these really amazing functional medicine lab testing sites too. So we can order the of a non-standard lab work to really dig mm -hmm. into where's your inflammation coming from and mm -hmm. where is it showing up in your body and what does that look like? So we mm -hmm. can really fine tune and hone in for, to your personal, your personal story and, and optimize that. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's really good to know. Yeah. Thank you very much for so your time and your expertise and talking about the gut. And um, I'm, I hope, uh, or I will put all the links in the show notes that we were talking about. And um, I hope that some people will end up at your place that heard the yes. podcast. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I'll send you all the good juicy stuff to put on, in the show notes. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Okay, my friends, that was my conversation with Dr. Lara May about gut health and well-being. <laughs> if you want to find out more about gut health, Dr. Lara May and her services, you find all the links of the things we were talking about in the show notes and the show notes you find at conigraph.com forward slash podcast forward slash 69. That is conigraph. C-O-N-N-Y-G-R-A-F dot com forward slash podcast forward slash 69. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode today and listening all the way to the end. Again, if you found value in what Dr. Lara May and I were talking about, please share it with your family and friends because if you found value in it, they will too. And sharing is caring. Have a beautiful and amazing week and please subscribe so you never miss an episode. See you next time. Take good care and be safe.